From Potomac Fund Management, this is the Conquer Risk Podcast. Join us as we discuss the business of running an RIA firm and the practice of investment management. And now, our hosts. Welcome to the Conquer Risk Podcast. I'm Christopher Norton. I have always been fascinated by public relations. At my first creative firm, we hired uh, a PR organization to represent us. About a year later, I went to work for that firm to head up their creative services division. And as of about a month ago now, I find myself once again on the client side. My guest today has been a part of every step of that journey. Jason Lahita, welcome to the Conquerist Podcast. Christopher. Thank you very much, sir. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, very honored to be part of the long line of esteemed guests that you've had on the show. We have been so fortunate uh, to have the people that we have, and I couldn't be more excited that you are here today. We could spend the entire episode just talking about your story, and it would be a great podcast, um, but I'm eager to just get to it. So I will include your LinkedIn in the show notes. Um and instead, I just want to start by asking, when people say PR, their minds go a lot of places. Uh, they think, oh, press release. Uh, so when we're, for, the, for the sake of this episode in talking about PR, tell us what that really means. Yeah, and first of all, let me just say that you're, uh, I thank you for wanting to guide this away from me or my background or my bio, because I firmly believe that any really good PR person should stay in the shadows. Clients should always be first. Enough of talking about me. You know, I did my thing a couple of weeks ago, and that's great, but enough about that. So, yeah, I love to talk about PR for advisors and, and what PR means in general. And, you know, as you know, you've heard me talk about this many times over the years. I, I think the easiest way to sum up PR is to just call it what it is. It's credibility marketing. I didn't originate that term. <laughs> I happen to have had the good fortune to work over the last 16 years with some very smart entrepreneurs in the industry. And one of them in one of the meetings came out with it and said, I'd, I'd love to go down this path with you and get some of this credibility marketing that you're offering. And, and the light bulb went off. I've been referring to PR as credibility marketing ever since. And I believe I have to credit Joe Duran with coining that phrase. If I'm not mistaken, it was in his office in Newport Beach. And he just, I mean, many things that he says are, are pretty brilliant, but that was one that has stayed with me ever since. And it really is very simple. It's taking my clients, those that I'm working with, looking at the scope of their work, their intellectual firepower, and what they're bringing to the table, and bringing that credibility out to journalists and to media outlets, and by extension, to their audience. So really, taking credibility, which they've earned and built, and marketing it to the world. So I, I understand from a high level why a firm like Orion or Riskalyze or even Potomac, because for full disclosure, we are your client uh, for PR. So I, I understand why a firm like that would need to have this type of relationship. But for our audience on this podcast, for individual financial advisors, is PR support a worthwhile path to go down or not so much? Well, that's a great question. And, and also, since you brought it up and that Potomac Fund Management is a client of street cred PRs, I hope you don't mind that 
after every response, I'm just going to say, what's wrong with rules? <laughs> we don't mind. Only if we, it's okay we mind with you. Not at all. <laughs> uh, look, the, I mean, the reality is PR is not for everyone. It's a contact sport. And, you know, again, I always equate PR to sports. So if it's credibility marketing, it's also the sports of marketing. It's where the action is. It's a game that has to be played the right way. So when you think about PR, and if you're an advisor or any firm, really, I mean, if you're a startup, if you're an established firm, you have to think about whether now's the right time to get out there and, and engage with journalists. And I say it's a contact sport because you don't control everything. You know, this is not a 100% control game. It's not advertising. It's not content marketing. It's not even advertorials. You speak to a reporter, you engage with a publication, and if you play the game the right way, just as in sports, you prepare, you study, you do your homework, you step out on the field and you're, you're fired up, you've got your equipment on, you know the X's and O's, you're going to get out there and you're going to get after it. You do everything perfectly right. You still might not win. You might not get the ink. You might not get the result that you're looking for. You have to accept that. And you have to expect, accept that this is a sport, has to be played the right way. And so it's not right for everyone. You know, if you don't have the right amount of news to put out, if you're not willing to put in the time to, to bring your intellectual capital out onto the page and go for some byline articles, if you don't show up to interviews energized and ready to talk to reporters and get them excited about what you're doing, don't play this game. It is not for everyone. And so you have to have a lot of things squared away before you get out there and you engage. And if it's not right for you, and hey, some people just don't like to talk to reporters, all right? And we get that. It's totally understandable. If the game's not right for you, don't play. It's okay. You can do a lot of safe marketing activity that everybody's out there doing, control everything to the degree possible. But PR is not one of those things. So I, I caution everyone who takes a look and tries to determine if this is right for them, really think about it. Think if you want to put in the time and the effort to doing this the right way and not, again, if you're just signing up to have someone do it for you and you think you can abdicate and not participate, it's not for you. Well, I appreciate your candor because we've all known too many salespeople who would find a way to answer that question. Yes, it's for everyone and you should absolutely <laughs> do it. So I genuinely appreciate that perspective. If, if I'm an advisor and I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, yes, absolutely, like I want to get my, my perspective and my expertise out there. I'm ready to put myself on the line. My ego can take some no's along the way. How do you, how do you begin? What does that process look like? How do, you, how do you start the process? How do you set goals? Is it? Yeah. Just, just walk me through the beginning. Well, Christopher, the right way to start is by understanding that you have to know what it is you're going to be saying consistently out in the world. And I learned a long time ago, working within my first agency, when I left United Capital, I went to an international PR agency based in London, it's called Cognito, and they had been doing this for a very long time. So they were squared away on a number of fronts, and one of those was the process for getting someone ready to step out on the field and play the game. And it goes back to, what we call key messaging. So understand what the key messages are that you want to be bringing out to the marketplace. Understand your spokespeople, what their strengths and weaknesses are and what you want them out on the field engaging on topically. 
And then if you know those things, you can start to form a strategy. So looking at all of the tactical elements of PR, press releases, media tours, byline articles, interviews, broadcast interviews, TV, podcasting, radio, everything that goes into the mix, blogging, you know, how are you going to support the content marketing efforts from the PR perspective and, and keep highlighting, again, that credibility marketing. You really have to have a strategy. You have to have a coherent strategy. And before you step out on that field and play one down of this game, you have to understand that you have to be organized and you have to do it the right way. So that's the first step is understand who you are, have a message to bring out, get ready to play the right way, get ready to bring that energy level up, and then start to develop some interesting angles and approaches to the media. And if you do all those things and you have someone guiding you along the way, you're going to do just fine. I think one of the things that I have heard some advisors get hung up on is that so often the media opportunities that they see other advisors get are so in-house. And I, I say that from the perspective of they're an advisor, they get quoted in an industry trade, and that's a cool thing they can put on their website, but their clients are not reading investment news or RAA biz. So what's the value? So so maybe connect the dots for me between the idea of credibility marketing and, and how that actually works as then marketing for the advisor. Yeah. And I would say that's one of the greatest misperceptions about PR and target media that exists for advisors. My father's a doctor. And he's constantly writing articles and doing interviews and getting published in medical journals and peer-reviewed journals where other doctors go, but his patients are never, ever going to pick up you know, the New England Journal of Medicine and go for a read there while they're, you know, they have some leisure time. No one wants to put themselves through that pain, right? But when I walk into my doctor's office, and one of the first things I see on the wall is that they were featured in the New England Journal of Medicine. I, that gives me a high degree of comfort about my physician. And that's where advisors are, are going wrong, is you can't look at all the industry trade publications and say, none of my clients are ever going to read those, so what's the point? In your client's eyes, just the fact that you're featuring in them alone gives you credibility in their eyes. It goes back to credibility marketing, the entire concept of what we're talking about. So you cannot discount that leg of the stool. And the other two are local news. So if you're in a, in a local niche market, what are some publications that are squarely in your neighborhood that only people in your regional area would know about and perhaps read? And then the third leg is broader business and finance press. And uh, that's the glitz, that's the glamor. You know, everyone wants, everyone wants to see themselves on TV, on CNBC, Bloomberg, Fox Business. But, you know, and it's great, of course, that's instant brand recognition, again, credibility, but never discount that industry segment because you're doing yourself a disservice if you do. What does, what does success look like? How do you even frame up that part of the conversation? Is, is there some sort of magic number that you're trying to hit? How do you track these kinds of things? It seems like to those new to it, it's just, I remember the first time I ever talked to you, I was really excited about the possibility, selfishly, um, but had no idea, like, what, 
what does a successful relationship look like? I didn't even know how to vet that part of the conversation. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, PR is intuitive and it's, you know, you feel it instinctually. And I believe in reporting. So on a monthly basis, you have to brief your clients on what you accomplish for them in any given month. How does that translate into media coverage? You know, what, what, are, what were your actions and how did they translate into opportunities to convert into media coverage? What other things do you have going on? Slow burn, some short-term items. What are you working on on a consistent basis? And it's impossible to predict with any degree of accuracy how many articles you're going to feature in per month. You can certainly put a bogey on that. You can, you can aim for a certain number of interviews in a month or in a quarter. And any competent PR person should be able to say with a fairly high degree of certainty, based on what I know about you as a client and what your, your goals are for media coverage in this given month, I think that's a reasonable goal. We can shoot for that. Is it always going to shake out that way? No. But if you have a PR person who's willing to get up on the front lines with you, who's willing to bleed with you, who's bringing your message out to the media as a brand evangelist, someone that really buys in to your message and is representing you accurately and consistently with the press, what I can tell you is there's absolutely no question that those results will come. And the second thing I would say is it's not just about results in a general sense, it's about a, a, well, a well diversified array of results. So you don't just wanna hit one note on the piano over and over and over again, sending out a press release, another month, another press release, another month, another press release, that's not going to do anything for you. you, know, you and, and by the way, if you are going to send press releases out, you have to follow a process. And then there are many things that you need to do to maximize a press release effort, just like with all the other tactical elements of PR. So you have to look at press releases, byline articles, interview opportunities. Is your PR firm pitching you for awards that exist in the industry? Are they pitching you for rankings in the industry? Are they an advocate for you? Are they going to conference organizers and saying, you know, my, my clients, as, as a client of a PR firm, there are going to be certain things that you're uncomfortable saying about yourself. So in your case, Christopher Norton should be speaking on marketing panels in the industry. But Christopher is going to be a bit humble about going out and saying he's fantastic when it comes to marketing. And that's why you should have me on your panel. It's a lot more helpful when someone else is doing that legwork for you on your as behalf. a champion, yeah. again, as a brand evangelist. So yeah. that's how you measure success a well-rounded program that's consistent and your PR person needs to bring the energy and the enthusiasm and you need to feel like they are an extension of your team. And if you don't feel that, that's where the relationship can go sideways. And that's where unfortunately some agencies have a tendency to phone it in and you have a lot of churn and burn. Right. Well, I know that you don't like to talk about yourself, but we... We at Potomac uh, were honored to be a flagship client when you launched Street Cred. Uh, so just very briefly, tell us why you launched the new firm and, and what you're about. Well, you're right. I really don't like to talk about myself. And when I say that, I'm not just uh, blowing smoke. It's true. I get very uncomfortable. <laughs> I have the fight or flight tendency right now. Like, oh, I want to run for the exit. There's nowhere to run. Um, I, I started uh, Street Cred after a brief period of time with a fantastic company in this space, Integrated Partners, who you're familiar with. Um, they were just amazing. Um, you know, spent two great years there. 
talking about integrated partners, going back to my roots when I was with United Capital and being really an internal PR practitioner. And that was great. Um, and I love them and I'm continuing to work with them. And they are like you, a flagship client of street cred PR. Uh, but I just felt that I had unfinished business. You know, I came up in this industry with Joe Duran, one of the great entrepreneurs in our industry. I've seen Paul Sagany out there building his model, um, your own Manish Kata and what he's building with Potomac. You know, these, these entrepreneurs inspire me and they get me extremely fired up to build something and to, to apply my expertise in a way that I know is right for my clients. And, you know, it's, it's been a great journey in the industry, but I just felt it wasn't quite time to hang up the entrepreneurial cleats. And, uh, you know, we, we have some things to accomplish. So, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking to, to keep it manageable. Um, as I mentioned with Brooke Southall, he interviewed me after the company launched. And it's about taking on the right clients that are right for my style of PR. And this is not paint by numbers. This is not formulaic. This is not a robot. This is, I'm not the guy that's going to show up in a suit and try to mirror the executives in a boardroom and act like them in order to win business. Um, you know, to be honest, I, I, I did try that back in the day. <laughs> and sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But I was never comfortable like that. And I'm, I'm much more comfortable in my own skill set, what I bring to the table, and how I know clients deserve to be treated. And again, this is personal. It's emotional. It's visceral. You know, you know whether your PR representative is doing their job or not, and whether you feel that connection and that love and that and that vibe. And that's what I bring to the table. You know, I'm an extension of your team. You put me out there, I'm gonna say the right things, I'm gonna position you correctly with reporters. I'm on every single call with you. I'm drafting most of your comms, if not all of your communications, articles that you're writing, press releases. Now I've been around the block. A little bit so it's um it's fun and you know it's just it's amazing to have you on as a client i've integrated partners or just spent some time and uh, we'll see who's next but i can tell you that they're going to be a, a fit for all of us and uh, it's going to be going to be a fun run well it's certainly something that we can relate to here at potomac and and i know many of the advisors that we work with that it's it's not just about finding clients it's about finding the right clients for the business and making sure you have that right connection and and so that's very exciting to see we we always like to end our uh our podcast with just a a, a bit of of off topic fun uh with recommendations so i'll uh, i'll kick us off here at the close um my recommendation for the week is it's it's called Disney Gallery The Mandalorian on Disney Plus. It's that is the title of the making of The Mandalorian. Um which I thought would be fun to just kind of check out. If anybody follows me on social media, you know that I make um embarrassingly high quality produced Star Wars fan fiction with my 7-year-old son as as is his wish. Um but watching this show, they they showcased something called the volume, which is a circular room surrounded by high definition LED screens. Nice. So they can create any environment you would ever want to be in. So they got a scene on a desert planet, on an ice planet. They just throw that up on the screen, throw a little bit of sand down on the ground. And from the camera's perspective, 
it looks like you're actually there. They've then tied that to a game engine so that as the camera moves around, it creates the proper depth that you would need to have from that perspective. And then, you know, they've got the Mandalorian, which is in his silver shiny suit. So all of that light is bouncing off of his shoot, which creates this ultra sense of realism. It's great for the actors because they feel like they're really in whatever environment they're standing in instead of just some big green screen. And it's literally like just this thing they turn on and I'm sitting there watching it and I'm like, give me a, give me an afternoon to just like four hours to, to play in this studio. It is, it's, it's mind blowing what they can do is it was so cool. So if you're, if you're a star Wars fan or even just a technology fan, it is worth a watch. Well, that's amazing. And that actually verifies my worst fears, which is that AI is already here and it's upon us and we're, we're doomed. I think that they're taking over the world as we speak. And pretty soon we won't be able to tell the difference between a human and a, and a robot or the experience. Very yeah, likely. That's pretty cool. <laughs> if, I could have, if I could give one recommendation, it would be to never go anywhere without Manish Kata by your side. I think that you know, he instills confidence and and gives you he just grounds you gives you perspective and i take him everywhere i mean i'm gonna bring him into the house later uh for dinner and um you know we're gonna watch playoff baseball together nba finals it's gonna be great um he's always there for you when you need him for those who listen to this podcast and don't watch and who are very confused at the moment jason has a five by seven portrait of Manish framed over his shoulder on his shelf, which I sent him as a joke about a year ago. Uh, best that present is, I've ever gotten. That is the best recommendation we've ever had on this show. Take him everywhere. I mean, I think you're going to have to mass produce him now because hopefully everyone's going to want one. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it pays off. I mean, he just, it's the gift that keeps on giving. We'll, we'll work on that ADV update. <laughs> Well, Jason, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the podcast today. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will see you back next week. Christopher, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Take care. All opinions expressed by podcast guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Potomac Fund Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Potomac Fund Management may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.